Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, trees and non-binaries, to another exciting episode of the Hostile Takeover, the weekly show where I, Adam Ray, the user tinkerer, and a very special guest talk about our favorite game of the week, chosen by my special guest, PC, tabletop, console, and everything in between. For those of you listening to us through our Patreon support, I want to give you an extra big thank you, as you would all truly know, that we'd get all of our written content out to you as fast as possible before the main site and extended, unedited and uninterrupted episodes of this podcast as well as the geek podcast that we produce on the Fantastic Universes Network. But now to the main event because gaming is a real experience that unites all kind of people. It takes us on a truly epic journey and the person to my right is going to take us on the game journey who has already been on the show and is an expert of the fantasy adventure genre the apple of my eye, the 20 on my die, the pastel pink princess, Sandy Robson. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. That's a very exciting intro. <laughs> Welcome back, rather. I, I, I like to put a little bit of spin on it before it just goes into like whatever rambly conversation we end up having. But yeah, you uh, have featured on the show before talking about Wind Waker, which yes. is a great... Wake the wind, baby. <laughs> one of your personal favies. And now we're going on to a different but equally wholesome personal favie. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, what drew you to Journey? Hmm? What drew you to this game? How'd you find it? Uh, I think I knew about this game because of the E3 trailer a bajillion years ago. A bajillion years ago, and then a eventually, years ago. and then you eventually stumbled across it for your for your PlayStation and a bit. Well, like... No, that would be too easy. Oh, of course. So. Um... The, the game I'm talking about is The Last Guardian. I don't know why I keep mixing up The Last Guardian and Journey. They're really different. They're very different games. Really different. They're really different games, but I know that you're a, they're a game that you jam quite heavily, so um, that's on me. We're talking about The Last Guardian. We're yeah. talking mm-hmm. about a young boy and a very large chicken puppy thing called He's Trico. He's so precious. He's truly I precious. I love him. Because um, I had to look this up because I couldn't remember years and dates and things. Um, but yeah, Last Garden was initially announced at E3 in 2009. So, and you got to play it, what, a year, two years ago? Yes. <laughs> so you had to wait 10 years for this game. Well, it came out in 2016, I think. Mm-hmm. But every year it was just keep being delayed, delayed, delayed. And I was like, please give me my, give me Trico. Let me play Trico. And then when they announced, hey, it's coming out. As a PlayStation 4 exclusive, I just about screamed. Um, and why was that? Because I didn't have a PlayStation at that point. Um, so that was one of the reasons uh, I desperately, desperately wanted a PlayStation. The other one, of course, being Our Lord and Savior Junkrat, right? Yes. Of course. Actually, I think most of my PlayStation games now are PlayStation exclusives. So. That's true. Or at the very least, something with decent cross-platform um, jelly bean Tevat-flavored adventure. Yeah, but it took about seven years for this game to come out after it was teased. So you can imagine how infuriating that was. <laughs> yep, you, you just definitely displayed some endless patience, but then again, I know that uh, delayed releases do bring out some patience for all gamers of all kinds. But yeah, Last Guardian, Last Guardian, not Journey. Not very, Journey. <laughs> I, I, it's not why, but I always associate you playing them and getting very emotional, so they conflate in my head. Yeah. But, you've probably seen me play Journey more than you've seen me play Last Guardian. But we're talking about Last mm-hmm. Guardian today, dear listeners. Uh, it is a show, and it will be advertised as such on the shows. But yes, Last Guardian. Um, for those who are uninitiated and thinking, Trico, who that, what that, would you like to give us a very brief 
on the surface rundown of The Last Guardian? Uh, so it's a very, uh, I wouldn't say narrative-based game, but kind of basically you play as a small boy who awakens in a temple thing with a chained-up Trico, who is something, a creature that has bird wings and is like a cat. It's kind of a griffin-esque thing. He's adorable. <laughs> but he's also massive. He's huge, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, assuming the boy's normal human child size these trico's about the size of like what a city bus massive yeah massive <laughs> truly massive but a and, very endearing giant creature yeah and you basically spend the game uh trying to escape whatever ruins you're in with trico's help <laughs> trico's help because and, there's yeah. a lot of things that trico can jump to get to destroy that you cannot so you have to learn to work together <laughs> as infuriating as that may be at times and but, what's <laughs> infuriating about your giant pet uh, sometimes he just doesn't listen to you. <laughs> a lot of times he just doesn't listen to you. <laughs> he just sort of does his own thing or just acts in a way that isn't helpful or... Yes. <laughs> yes. All of those things, which is very true to us pet havers as well as anyone trying to escape a ch- an ancient dungeon. But... Um, he feels very alive. He feels very... Yeah. If you just... You could literally just like, you know, put the control down and watch what he does and he just acts like... A true animal. <laughs> so they'll just sort of like scamper, mill around, look around, scratch. Yeah, he'll just sit. do his own thing. He'll poop. Apparently, yes. I remember you telling me quite a long story <laughs> history about the poop. The uh, poop. <laughs> let's have a let's have a slight poop uh, detour, shall we? You want the poop detour? Yeah. Okay. So uh, this is one of the games I've a hundred percent completed. Mm. Um, and as I was doing my completionist thing, I was looking up the trophies, and there was a trophy which was. You know, quite a likely one that people have got. About like 30-something percent of players get this trophy. And I was like, oh, cool. What is it? You have to watch Trico do a poop. That's the trophy. Charming. And the best part is it's completely random. At this point, I'd played through the game about five times and he'd never pooped. Yeah. So I was completely at (laughs) at the mercy of the RNG. Um, Because there was no way to... Induce poop. Induce poop. or And sometimes you think he might poop, but you have to also see it, apparently. Uh, so I was kind of, that that crushed me. Because I was like, I'm never going to 100% complete this game. I'm going to do all the really tricky things. And then I'm just not going to be able to watch him do poopies. And that's going to stop me getting my trophies. I'd just like to point out quickly as an aside, dear listeners, that Sandy is a very completionist gamer. Sandy is endeavoured to... Max complete a lot of the titles she has on both Steam and PlayStation, which is why I think it's an absolute nightmare that she's recently got into Genshin Impact. Yeah. (laughs) But I remember at one point I was, uh, I think it was about three o'clock in the morning. I was doing another run through of Last Guardian, just doing some other achievements. Um, And I was on this winding tower, which Trico was down below somewhere. I couldn't see him. And... I did a thing, and suddenly, in the right-hand corner of my and left-hand corner of my screen, it was like, "You got the achievement." He pooped, and I was like, "You did poopies!" <laughs> I couldn't even see him on the screen, so I just ran down to him, screaming, "You did poopies!" <laughs> what a good boy! You did. Never poopies. been so excited at three o'clock in the morning for someone to take a shit. But well, there we go. <laughs> that is the way it is. Sometimes, sometimes you just got to let it all out. Yeah, and it's incredible. Apparently, apparently, he was just really shy, and just was like this giant tower. This is where I shit now. Yeah. It has become his toilet. But in any mm-hmm. case, um, when we're not waiting for our giant um, bird, cat bird, cat bird 
catbird thing because he's even got like like bird feet, yeah. <laughs> but like he's mostly cat with like a longer ish snout, little horny things, yeah. and <laughs> fairly wizened wings. When I remember seeing him at the beginning of the game, um, so you see the development and of the relationship between him and the boy sort of throughout until eventually you get to the end of the game. Yes. Which is quite a wholesome and delightful thing to experience. Mm. Uh, well, I know some mm. deeper stuff, but we're going to try and keep it light for light and spoiler free for our dear listeners, yes. so mm. they can pick up the themselves. I will not ruin the ending, but dear God, I cried multiple mm. times. Oh dear. Yes. But, <laughs> but um, with that, you have this ongoing sort of dungeon crawl escape sort of narrative where you're going along with Trico and he helps you do the environmental puzzles. So. How is the dungeoneering and the exploration mechanics for you? How how is it set itself apart from some of the other stuff? Because I know um, you have a it's, lot of... It's pretty linear, yeah. I have to say, but uh, it can be quite tricky at times trying to figure out where exactly you're meant to go. Because obviously, Trico listening to instructions can sometimes not work. So sometimes you'll do a thing and it'll make it seem like that's not a possibility just because Trico decided no. <laughs> But like, there's quite a few like interesting puzzles uh, in manipulating Trico to do certain things or move through certain things or interact with certain objects, so that you can then climb to certain like, climb to higher places. Or uh, there's a point where you get uh, for, I'm not going to say why you get trapped in a little cage and you have to try and get Trico to push you down a flight of stairs to open the cage, Ooh, which is. Hilarious, because he just plays with you like a cat. <laughs> yep, as <laughs> a play a cat with would. a toy. <laughs> just sort of batting you around, knocking yeah. you off the table, and staring at you while you do. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's. So it sounds like the biggest challenge is act, like one of the biggest challenges is actually getting to cooperate like yes. a real animal. So it's, absolutely. <laughs> so it's amazing they were able to get that level of detail and character into the very large, effectively the mascot of the game. I think that's what they were going for. Is they wanted to make him seem as real to a proper animal as possible. Well, it sounds like they've achieved that. Oh, that's wonderful. And you know what the best part is? Is you have a button in which you can pet Trico. Yes. I... Because there was an, uh, the whole button to just pet him, and that is a mechanic in the game. So majority of times I'll just stop and just like, give him good pats. Mm. Give him good pats. Give him head squitchies. <laughs> well, that's a good thing to do when you want to reward either your small-sized pets or your immense... Um, building-sized pets because you know, it's good to, important to show animals these love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something I think a lot more other games need to incorporate. All games need to include a pet function if yeah. they have animals. Yeah. Genshin Impact. Um. <laughs> something they used to have from what I understand. Every game, if you have an animal, should have an option to pet it. Yeah. There are many cats and dogs wandering around that other adventure game that we keep bringing up and it should be an option that we should just be able to pet them, but no, but, but it is also a mechanic in the game that yeah. at some points Trico gets completely scared. scared or angry and the only way to get him to do anything else is to pet him and calm him down. <laughs> Which is a nice bit of realism and also a great way to like, as the player controlling the character, you get to feel like you're forming the bond with Trico as much as the boy in the narrative would be. Yeah. <laughs> so you really get that sense that you're building a trust and a relationship with this very large, very endearing mascot. So it's... Good that they were able to make that mechanic something fun, but also something that works in the game and also something that's realistic. It's mm-hmm. great when design can hit those kinds of levels. So we see that he's the big help, but also the big trouble of trying to dungeoneer and get your way to the end of the fairly linear 
um, temple that you're stuck in. But what are the other oppositions like? What else is in your way other than parkour? Spoiler, mm-hmm. which I won't say. Please play the game. Um, mm. But uh, one of the... Mm, common enemies are these like weird animated suits of armor that's it which come alive and um start to attack the boy oh dear which you have as the boy almost no way of defending yourself against you can if you practice really hard you can do a push attack to push them off you okay that that's about it but you mostly rely on trico to either stomp them to death or shoot them with his laser beam or like a few very satisfying ones I managed to push them off <laughs> uh, giant buildings to their inevitable doom. Yeah, so pushing someone, this is spartering them off of the, out of the way is definitely an effective way to beat a yeah. bad guy. But I'll tell you what, I want a giant cat with a laser beam. Yeah, he's got a laser beam on his tail. <laughs> that's uh, on his tail. That's the even less likely place you'd imagine to keep a laser beam. But... Yeah, you control it with a disc you find very early on, pretty yep. much in the tutorial, um, which helps you... Like unlock certain things, you can destroy certain things to make rubble fall down. Hmm. You can obviously shoot enemies, but then you lose you lose your disc. <laughs> oh dear! So then you you having to figure out how to navigate things without the fancy disc. <laughs> yep. So after a while, that puts a big spin of difficulty on things. Yep. You get it back in the end. It's fine. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I Am The Night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones, I am the Knight. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Madpup, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley fucking Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Gogurt. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not fuck bat. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't fuck with Lois Lane. For fuck's sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. Picture this. Someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion podcast network. In a world of stereotypes, being called a geek comes with a certain image. 
there is still that ingrained thing within me that is a little bit embarrassed about it. In reality, geek culture has never been more mainstream, and behind every geek is a real story. My dad was the one who got me into Star Wars and things. Join me, your super dummy Paul, as I continue my learning experience and talk to the real people. I'm a secondary school teacher, so I teach 11 to 16 year olds in English. Hear their stories exclusively on fantastic universes. He's one of them like, you've ever gonna grow up? And I'm like, no, why should I? I, I like my life, I, I enjoy what I do, this is my hobby. Available on all your favorite podcast catchers. Hi, my name's Steve, and I'm here to tell you all about the DC Comics News Podcast. Every week, my friends and I sit down and discuss everything DC. Movies, TV and streaming, comic books, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it. Here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's audio justice. <laughs> no, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Whatever the case, you can find the DC Comics News Podcast on every podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify. Stitcher. And everywhere else you find podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. <laughs> Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. So with all of the exploration sort of set up, you feel that it's a little bit linear, but still okay by comparison because the focus is actually the development between these two key characters. But uh, the narrative is still open enough that you can put your own spin and interpret it in any which way. So what is it that drew you to it other than just like the adorability of Trico? Trico! <laughs> you truly devoted to the giant It was cat. mostly Trico, mostly just the art style looked gorgeous and I'd heard so many good things about um, the previous games by the, these developers because they did uh, Ico and mm. Shadow of the Colossus Oh yeah, as well. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, they definitely know how to make grand uh, settings and set pieces. I know that Shadow of the Colossus has some of those giant walking temples as well as uh, some of those grand expanses in the wilderness. So yeah, being able to put that level of detail onto it with your very large friend Trico wandering through the wilderness like is one, a lot of fun. And once you saw the trailer with Trico and he looked so fluffy and he just looked so pettable, it was like, how I need to get this game. I need to interact with him through your life, even if he's a piece of shit. <laughs> and did he live up to expectations? Is yes. he a good boy? He's a good boy. He's a good boy. He's an annoying boy. Um, 
more so when I was trying to speedrun uh, the game uh, for an achievement. Because by God. <laughs> yeah, you told me about the difficulty of the actual speedruns because as a completionist gamer, for those on the PlayStation Network, you've got your trophies that you've got to unlock to show that you really, really love this game. Yeah. Um, you get, you remember, I remember you saying that the speedruns were particularly tough. Yeah, the they gave you about three different speedruns. So one was complete the game in 30 hours, one was completed in 10 hours, and then one was completed in five, <laughs> which... <laughs> Was a challenge, especially as at one point there's so many bits where you're completely reliant on Trico to move you forward. And as much as you kind of get used to directing him, uh, sometimes, like he did in mine, he just completely turned backwards and went all the way back down the thing we just climbed up. And I was like, okay. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) I want to get back here now. It's like, Trico, no, no. Trico, no, no, no. You have to come this way, buddy. Yeah. Please. But um, I looked up a whole bunch of... Uh, this was actually my first speed run. Oh, wow. Which is very surprising. Um, but I did a lot of prep beforehand. I looked up a lot of um, other speedrunners to see their little tips and tricks, which helped. <laughs> which involved, at the beginning, just leaving Trico behind and then loading checkpoints. He'll just appear instantly behind you. Ah, <laughs> uh, the miracle of gaming logic, where you can suddenly have your mascot appear just when you need him. Yeah. But still, whatever means you can to get the speed run down, because I know some speedrunners do incredible things. Yeah. And but, five hours for this sounds like a lot, even by speedrun standards. Yeah, but um, I didn't think I'd done it. Oh dear. Because of course it does it right at the end. Right. Um, when literally it finishes all the cutscenes and then black screen and it says the end. That's when it finishes. And that came up and I was waiting for the trophy and I was like, I didn't get it. it I was like, I didn't get it. we got to go all the way. And then it said, ding! And I was like, ah! <laughs> it was the most delayed reaction of a trophy appearing ever. And it gave me a heart attack thinking that I'd not done it. Yep. Because like that level of work and preparation and mental preparation going through a gaming experience that tricky, it would be quite hard to psych yourself up to go again. Yeah, I even had like a notebook that uh, on I had like certain places in the game that I wanted to get to at a certain time. So I was like, oh, I want to get to this point at 30 minutes in. I can get to this point at an hour and a half in. I'm still on time. <laughs> was that something that the speedrunners had told you to? Or is that nope, something... No, that you- was just something I was doing to... See if I was doing good. <laughs> yeah, so you set, you wrote those little checkpoints down, those timings down to set your expectations to see if yeah. you were going to make it through. But I would not recommend playing this as a speed one. That is not how the game is supposed to be played. Yeah. <laughs> You're but- supposed to take your time and explore and enjoy the beautiful scenery and being with Trico. I don't know why they put speedrun achievements in there because it really goes against kind of the point of the game i think there's something similar in shadow of the colossus i think there's uh like timed versions of like some of the like the weirder boss battles so yeah. i think that's a thing that the developer like to do or maybe but, they just thought we need some more achievements to shove in this <laughs> yeah that's fair enough but in any case it gave you an extra challenge that you really had to psych yourself up for mm-hmm. as a serious gamer i know that you wanted to try and get those achievements however which way you could so yeah that added up to an extra level of challenge which was pretty good yeah so as we wrap up our journey through the twisting temple with Trico behind us, who would you recommend The Last Guardian to? Everyone. Everyone? Yes. Everyone who likes adventure, everyone who likes giant animals with laser beams. Yeah, it's not like a hugely uh, complicated game. Um, obviously, like I said, a lot of the controls rely on Trico and your control of Trico. Um, so it's not hugely like... 
you know, intricate with, you know, controls. Um, you don't get punished for really anything in the game. Like you can you can fall off some of these huge platforming things over and over an abyss and it's totally fine. There's no kind of penalty for dying like or being dragged away by suits of armor. Like it really is just it's you'll get the same experience from being bad, quote unquote, at the game, as you are being good. Like they wanted to make sure like no matter what, you'll still experience the same story. (laughs) Yeah, so it's definitely an experience of you making your way through uh, a treacherous environment with the most lovable, but still strange and uncontrollable, unpredictable mascot behind you. Yeah. And, and you get you can get items later on. We can paint him different colours. Oh, so once you've done a run, you can make him look extra pretty, just how you like him. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually, that's really adorable. That's nice. And as we wrap our way to the top of the dungeon, to the top of the temple, what other big things did did stand out about uh, Last Guardian 2 that you wanted to just like shout out and say, you loved or you found annoying? Um, I love Trigo, as always. Um, just everything about the game is beautiful yeah like the intricacies i even have the art book uh like the big chunky art book because the game is stunning <laughs> like, absolutely stunning um it's also goddamn terrifying at points um in like the best and worst ways like there's a whole bunch of platforming in a certain section where you're literally climbing up what is basically a giant mobile over an abyss <laughs> yeah that does sound pretty scary there's so a lot of realism it's, into it. it's 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 like sometimes the controls are a bit janky and don't work. Um, like I've fallen to my bit of death many a time because the character just decided, nope, I will not hold on here. Mm. Yeet. Um, <laughs> or they'll jump the wrong way or not grab onto Trico. Sometimes Trico will kill you. <laughs> oh dear, how would that happen? Just getting crushed. No, I think he yeeted me off. Like a thing. And yeah. I was like, okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, because I know some... you ride around on him sometimes, so he just yes. buck you off. Uh, uh, but there were some amazing, like, cut the cutscenes are all gorgeous, and, like, you know, the story that they tell is really nice. The ending, oh, that's heartbreaking. <laughs> but still sounds like an all round gaming experience that could pu- pull in a lot of players here and there and it's uh, an exciting and unique one and one to get if you have your hands on a PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And there's some moments where oh, I'm like kudos to them doing this. It gave me a heart attack the first time I played um, where you go to jump for Trico to catch you and you miss. Oh. And you start falling to your death and it looks like you're about to die but then Trico goes and catches you. And I was like, my heart, I swear to God. <laughs> the most the most daring trustful. Yes. <laughs> the most daring trustful. For, but then again, you can really trust the large and endearing animal companion you are with. Mm-hmm. Really excellent, unique gaming experience that I can recommend thanks to Sandy's great selling of how adorable Trico is because yes. that's mm-hmm. pretty much how it has been that's sold. That's the game. It's Trico. <laughs> it's Trico.game. Like just just go, go get the game and just pet Trico. <laughs> yeah. Well, feed feel- him barrels. He likes barrels for some reason. Feed him barrels. Give him good pets. He's a good boy and all good boys must be rewarded. Yeah. <laughs> but until such time as we catch up with more good boys, it's been an absolute blast to talk about one of your favorite titles in a very chilled and relaxed way. So we can look forward to hearing more of your dulcet tones on the next one. But until then, where can our dear listeners find you, Miss Sandy, doing strange things across 
interwebs and other places? Um, across multiple platforms. I have a YouTube and everything channel with uh, my partner in crime, Renee. Uh, we go by No Ordinary Heroes. We do a bunch of Let's Plays of mostly dating sims. Um, we do TikToks. We do a whole bunch of stuff. Um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a great place. That's there a place and a community that got me started as a content creator. And you can also find me being their dungeon master on their Twitch and their YouTube. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as for little old me, you can look to my writing on the Apotheosis Studios blog for more Dungeons and Dragons goodness to level up your TTRPG experience and critiquing and making new decks for Legends of Runeterra on Runeterra CCG. And of course, right here on Fantastic Universe is the founder and forger of this podcast show. For more audiovisual media, look to No Ordinary Heroes on YouTube for my dungeon mastering experience with them, and to The Hostile Atmosphere on YouTube for my PC Let's Plays. I make a lot of content, but it's good when I make such content with such fine people around me. Last Guardian sounds like a lot of fun. It's something Play we have, it, Petrico. <laughs> something we have been happy to cover as we go off and Petrico. So until next time, live free, play well, and Petrico. <laughs> <laughs>